Welcome to Lesbians Who Write with Claire Lydon and T.B. Markinson. Conversations about writing and lesbian fiction. Join us as we draw back the curtain on the writer's life. Hello and welcome to episode 154 of Lesbians Who Write. This week's topic is Ask Us Anything. Joining me, Claire Lydon, is my co-host, the Up For Anything, T.B. Markinson. Hello, T.B. How are you today? I'm doing all right. I was listening to one of the most recent episodes, and sometimes I love it when you slip and call me your coast. I know. <laughs> Do you know, I was <laughs> I was listening to, to one the other day, and I normally pick it up, but I don't think you picked it up or I picked it up, and, then it, I, I, and it just sounded like coast, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, is that just... Are you just, like, coining a new term? <laughs> I think it's one of those things where uh, I'm not actually saying coast, but sometimes they just run together. Yeah. I, I, think like... you should, I think you should enter, like, an urban dictionary entry for it and yeah. be like, this is what the cool podcasters do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I, I quite like it. I like the word coast. You know me and C words. I love me a C word. Coast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I love being on the coast. I've always kind of, well, no, I lived in Colorado, which is not near a coast, so... Clearly, my geography is really just on par with my math skills, so I'm just going to move on to what I've been up to. Go on but I do love it when you call me coast. Mm. I think it's funny. Okay. All right, so um, what have I been up to? Uh, Miranda and I are working on our Pride novella um, that IHL is spearheading the collection. Not going to lie, um, I'm a bit burned out <laughs> after writing two of a kind in Vela pretty much simultaneously, so... Um, we're kind of baby stepping our way through the first draft, taking it taking it slow. Luckily, it is a novella, so you know, less words, less drama, more lighthearted. Hopefully, do you ever feel like all we do is <laughs> write, publish, and repeat? <laughs> well, you see, I'm not doing that this year. I'm just writing and never publishing. But <laughs> <laughs> you're just writing them out of order. Yeah. I'm going to write next year's book next and never release anything again. Is that how you break the pattern? Yep. (laughs) Essentially, it is what we do. I I prefer it, actually, just having a little bit of time in between releases. And I think think most people would prefer that, right? But I think your deadlines have backed you up um, this year. And um, work-wise, not personally-wise. And um, uh, (laughs) although I can't say... It's not like you're always with me, Claire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think... think I am a bit discombobulated because of it. But there you go, TB. Wow, you used the word too. Mm. Wow, pro pro enunciation on that one. Good job. All right, so um, speaking of publishing, <laughs> guess what I'm doing in a couple weeks? A London Love Story will be published as an ebook. So obviously this was the serial that was uh, published on the Kindle Vela platform and... The last episode went up a couple weeks ago, and then we had to wait, like, I think you have to wait, like, 30 days for the very last episode before you can publish the ebook. And then um, I thought, silly enough, I was like, well, how are we going to do season two? Like, because season one will be gone on Kindle Vela, and I was informed that the season stays up on Kindle Vela forever. And then um, we get to publish it. So I was a bit relieved because I was like, well, if we drive people to it, like, they're going to just have season two? I don't understand. So apparently the Amazon people put a little more thought into it. 
Not a lot, since she still can't read it outside of the U.S. Come on, Amazon. Come on. What's a... Let's, you know, think globally. <laughs> Not just U.S.-centric. Is there a world outside the U.S.? I don't know of one. Apparently not. You could set your story outside the U.S. and have it on the Kindle Bella platform, but you can't have people outside the U.S. read it, apparently. So, anyways, so, um, yeah, so the ebook will be released, I think, April 25th. Don't hold me to the date. We all know I can't do dates. So, it will be interesting because this whole project has been a bit of an experiment. But who knows what's going to happen? Also, I'm excited that Lori Prince will be doing the audio on this. I think it's being recorded now, or at least being read now in the planning's uh, taking part. So it's just a big experiment, and I'm curious to see how it shakes out in the long run. Mm. Any any wagers, any ideas of how this is going to go? Um, I think it will do well for you as an ebook. Can we just cut the episode here and end on a high? Mm. Anywho, and not so fun news. Uh, I've recently been doing a lot of my yearly checkups. It's that time of year. I had my physical. I got my boobs squished. I went to the eye doctor and got, got dilated and couldn't see for a very long time. <laughs> I forgot how long because I didn't do the eye doctor during the bad part of COVID, so it's been a while. And when I got my dilated, um, I don't know if it just took me longer because I'm older, but it took me a long time to stop seeing double. Is that normal? What What do you mean? What do you mean? Well, they put those drops in and your pupils get dilated where they get really big. Oh. And okay. then they do like a test to like, I don't know what they're testing. Oh, we don't. I have to. Oh, you don't do that? We don't have that test. We have lots of tests. My my optician's pretty thorough, but no drops. No, I had the drops and then I, I have to have my eyes measured because I have Graves disease. So they have to like track everything because Graves can affect your eyes. So I went through the ringer at the eye doctor. By the time I left... I had a ride, but no one could go in the office, so by the time I left, I was pretty much put out the back door, because, you know, they're trying to, like, direct the flow of traffic, so they blind me with my drops, and then put me out the back door, and I had to, like, feel my way to my car for my ride, I was like, this doesn't seem like a good plan, this seems dangerous, <laughs> but, um, so far, all the checkups are going well, good news on all fronts, so that's always good, but, um, it's just another thing I've had to squeeze in with all the launch stuff and everything and um it's a lot to manage <laughs> it's a lot to manage you are launching a book sort of every month though so you know <laughs> that's not true i don't think i launched anything in february just <laughs> december january march april then so that's that's what's been going on here i've been getting my boobs squished which you know it's never fun but apparently you have to do it each year starting a new novella i think a, a novella and a little break maybe might be in order Anyway, over here, uh, the book is going to the editor. Hooray, hooray. And um, so there's an end in sight. Am I convinced that it's not going to end my career? No. Um, it's better than it was, but, you know, I'll wait and see what she says. Uh, no one else has read this one. I sometimes give it to other people, but um, no one else has read this one yet. Uh, I didn't have the time to do that. So it'll be interesting. Now, not that this is going to be the case. But I know once you send this to the editor, you're going to Jamaica and you're going to have a lot of yummy drinks and you're not going to think about the book. Mm. But also remember at this stage, it's not being published. You're still in the editing stage. I know, I know. <laughs> so it's not the end of the road. <laughs> no, 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 so I know. Jamaica, have a lot of drinks and enjoy life. Yes, 
Yes, definitely do that. And uh, when I go to Jamaica, I'm going to be, uh, I am the master of ceremonies. So we're going to Jamaica for my niece's wedding and I am the master of ceremonies at my niece's wedding. So um, I will be with a microphone and I can't sing. So, um, I mean, I can sing, but I'm not allowed to sing at the wedding reception. <laughs> so um, yeah, but I will be doing doing the chat. Okay, so when you say master of ceremonies, the only thing that comes to my head is either a circus or cabaret. Which one is it going to be? Uh, I'm not planning on doing any trapezing, so maybe I'll bring my burlesque. There, oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a bit inappropriate, wouldn't it, at my niece's wedding? Hi, I know it's your wedding, but here I am upstaining you with some nipple tassels. Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll just be introducing everyone, doing a little spiel about the bride and groom and, and then introducing everybody's speeches. So I'm, not, I'm basically the compare. Well, good luck on that. I would hate to do that, and I would hate to give a speech. Can I just be the one in the corner drinking? <laughs> um, you see, I, I quite like a microphone, but, you know, it's not about me, TB. It's about the people that I am setting up. Okay. I've, I've, I have okay. done uh, Master of Ceremonies duty once before, and it went well. So this is only my second gig. <laughs> well, well, you got hired again, so that's good sign. I did get hired again, yeah, yeah. And I got hired for the other one that was cancelled because of COVID, so... Should have been my third gig, but only only second. Ugh. But anyway, yeah. Damn COVID, it's what, taking so much away. What else is happening? Um, I have been going. I went running. Um, and buggered me hit. But um, <laughs> do you know what? I, I went running and I thought I had an issue with my calf last time I went running. So I thought, hey, my calf's feeling good. So I'll carry on. Like I, I didn't go running for ages. I was sort of run walk, you know, because I'm just feeling my way back into it. So I did like 25 minutes, you know, run a couple of minutes, walk a minute, run, you know, that sort of thing along the Thames. My calf felt fine, and now my hip is uh, giving me grief. So, yeah, where's going to give you grief after you do exercise? That's the that's the question. But I did go running again, and I did manage it. So that's good. Bad thing. I'll probably take about a month to recover with my hip. But you know, swings and roundabouts. So you get like 12, 12 <laughs> runs in a year. And when you said you went for twenty five minutes, I heard miles, and I was like, uh, I didn't know Claire was a marathoner. I just slipped a marathon in today. Yeah, no, 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 no dramas, no dramas, TB. Um, the other thing I was going to say as well is that hurdle. Do you remember I told you that I, you were doing wordle, I was doing a hurdle? Well, the thing is, I'm rubbish at remembering to do this sort of thing. I'm not the sort of person who does this constantly. So I did do hurdle for like five days straight, and then I forgot. And then the last time I did it was about two weeks ago. I did it again today, and I got it in one. So I'm really good at hurdle. I'm just not very good at remembering to do it. I've been struggling with the wordle because uh, I haven't been getting them. Uh, like, I think one of the words I just couldn't figure out, so my last word option was this fucks. <laughs> because I wanted to know what it was, but I just couldn't get it. So I wanted them to know, and it was frustrated. <laughs> <sighs> and, um, oh, I should say as well, the other thing was when I went running, I was going running on the River Thames, and I came across TB, very excitingly, a new brewery that's opened. So literally, it's a 10 minute run from my front door to, along the River Thames. There's a new brewery opened and um, it's got like a pizza place in it and it's got all tables and chairs right by the river. So that was exciting. So um, I'm gonna have to run there one one day, not in my running gear, with some money. <laughs> yeah, and then like if you have enough beer to run home, you probably won't feel any pain. Exactly, yes, my hip will be fine because I'll have had beer and Try not to fall in the river. Um, and other than that, I've just been trying to prepare as well before um, before I go away for the South Coast Lesvik Hangout because uh, 
because when the South Guys Lesbic Hangout, if you don't know, is um, a sapphic Rome or sapphic fiction day out, um, and it's going to be in Crawley, which is near to Gatwick Airport in the UK, is taking place on May the seventh at the Crawley Hort- Horticultural Society Hall. And if you just do a, a search for it, South Coast Lesbic Hangout, you should be able to come up um, with the where it is and all that sort of shizzle. Um, but I will be there all day, and there's about sort of twenty or thirty. UK sapphic fiction authors gonna all congregate there's some narrators coming down to do readings that's really good isn't it you just give the reading and then someone else does it I like that idea oh I would I would like that can we just like institute that as a rule that authors don't have to do their own readings anymore because um I'm terrible at it I don't like it if you don't like something and you're trying to do it like you're not really instilling confidence in the person in the audience that you it's a good book where you're just like rah, 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 <laughs> that's Every, exactly how it sounds yeah everyone everyone's gonna run to tv's next reading um yeah i think it's a good thing so but yeah if you are in the uk and you fancy coming along to a day of sapphic goodness then do come along to the south coast lesbic hangout on may the 7th all right comments got any uh we have a comment from brandy who is still having trouble posting a comment on the website i did check i can but i'm not sure what the issue is for brandy so i will have to investigate but brandy wanted you to know claire that uh brandy says tell claire my grandmother was born on the isle of white and brandy's canadian and the worst part of finishing for me because this was a comment on the power of finishing episode the worst part of finishing for me is the editing then Brandy said, always enjoy, always love your podcast and don't know how you do so much in so little time. You really are a trooper. TB and Claire, the lesbians. I love that word, TB and Claire, the lesbians. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's factual. It's factual, and I think we should put it on our uh, business cards. Yes, just on our foreheads, the lesbians. What's the Isle of Wight? I know this is ringing a bell. Oh, the Isle of Wight is a... Is a small island just off the south coast of uh, the UK. Uh, it's like about, I don't know, about an hour ferry journey, half an hour, an hour. It's, it's very close. You can almost see it. Um, and it's it's really, really gorgeous, actually. I've only been there once. The reason I did it is because I bought a national rail card and it was the furthest you could get from London on, on a national rail card, which is one third off your journey. So uh, my wife and I decided that we'd go. It's about five, six years ago. We had an absolutely fantastic time. The only problem is it's a lot of people say it's a bit like the UK, but like 30, 30, 40 years ago. I can see that, yes. Uh, like, you know, all the restaurants and bars tend to close at about nine, half nine. It's a very older person's island. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of um, OAP coach tours go there and they all have their dinner at six uh, and then they're all in bed by nine. So if you go in there for a for a, a big old party, no. But if you go in there for a beautiful coastline and very deserted and uh, just a gorgeous, really tranquil place, I recommend it. Sounds like the perfect spot for me. I like to go to bed like at 8.45. You would be (laughs) ideal. My wife and I, we had this this gorgeous, really gorgeous um, hotel right on the seafront in Shanklin, a place called Shanklin. And we were on the balcony and we had pints of Moretti and it was, we had beautiful weather when we were there as well. It was gorgeous. It was in September. The sun was setting. We just sat there and we were like, this is gorgeous. And there was two hotels, one either side of us. And it was like half six. And we could all see them serving all the OAP coach tours. And uh, we could see what they were all having for dinner. So it was quite interesting. But there was a lot of crumble and custard, custard going on. So I was a bit jealous. 
this sounds like the perfect place for me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I may have found my forever home. Yeah. <laughs> if you you can retire to the Isle of Wight, TV, I'd recommend it. Comments on your side? Yes, I've got one from Debak who wrote in and said she is a regular listener to the podcast and she's learned through it that I'm a fan of Hallmark holiday movies. And she recently watched the Lifetime Christmas movie Under the Christmas Tree that's about lesbians falling in love. Well, TB, whoever knew that there was such a thing on the Lifetime channel? She says, two things struck me. First, they were able to kiss halfway through and didn't have to wait to the end or last minute of the film, which as anyone knows who's watched a Hallmark thing is they never kiss until the last minute. And she says they had their second kiss at the end too. So two kisses for the lesbians. What's going on? And Debak also says, what made me nearly choke was when the ladies were going up in a construction bucket together to look at a potential tree to put up at the governor's mansion. And while they were getting geared up for safety, they put harnesses on to hook to the exterior, interior. And one character actually said, I love a good harness. (laughs) And the other character replies something like, I thought so, and then helped her tighten it and said, the tighter the better. She says, I was stunned the censors didn't get the joke. <laughs> and she's never heard anything so sexually explicit in one of the straight romances. So go the lesbians. We get we get um, FNAF and our jokes and two kisses. So I, I, I want to see that movie. I'm kind of stunned as well because that's a... Even I got the joke, and let's be honest, usually I don't. Yeah, there was a chuckle. So, yeah, I mean, I'm the one who wants to move to the... <laughs> <laughs> it was the apple crumble and custard that did it, did it isn't it, TV? In early bedtime. <laughs> oh, okay, so, well, that's cool. You're going to have to find that one and let us know what you think. Mm. All right, so bias a coffee. Mary says, not a writer. Have a panic attack just thinking about facing a blank page. I've read several books by each of you and thoroughly enjoyed them. I love your witty banter and insight to the writer's life. You make me smile and laugh out loud, so... A, thanks for very much for the lovely comment and for reading our books and also for the support. We very much appreciate it. And again, this one hit our Stripe account. Woo-hoo! I am now checking each time. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank you very much. Much appreciated. And thank you, TB, for checking. I do because <laughs> it's a lot more work if I don't because now I have to figure out what went through and what did it. <laughs> That was the whole point of using technology, in the case that people didn't know. All right, so let's crash on. Crash on to the topic at hand, which is ask us anything. So we don't know the topics. Well, I know the questions that I've been asked. TB knows the questions that she's been asked, but we don't know each other's questions. The jeopardy is real. Yes, can I start off? Yes, go, because I've only got two. I think you've got five, so. All right, I'm going to start off. Simon. Simon asked you, Claire. As someone who previously worked in music, who are your top three artists of all time? Oh, you can't ask me this one. You can't ask me this one without giving me some preparation. <laughs> no, that was the point of the episode. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I'll, I'll do top of my head, top of my head. Um, Simon, this is a really, really hard question, and it's not a question I love, I have to say. You know, people always say to me, who, who are your top artists? Or you know, when they learn I was a music journalist for eight years, they always go, who, who did you most like interviewing? And to be honest, I can't remember what happened last week, so I can't remember anybody I interviewed, really. I mean, I, I remember some of them, obviously. So they're always the ones I say. But my all-time favourite artist probably is George Michael. I absolutely love George Michael. Um, I think he was ahead of his time. I think he was absolutely brilliant. And he is 
of all the people, of all the celebrities in the world that have died, he's the one I, I still miss. He's the one that have hit me the most. Um, I loved him in Wham. I loved him in all phases of his of his um, solo career. So Georg, as I like to call him, George Michael. Um, I also love the Indigo Girls because because I'm a lesbian, right? And um, <laughs> and I love a bit of folky guitar music. And I, they're probably the band I've been to see the most live. Uh, so I saw them in Glastonbury, first of all, in 1994. And then I've seen them live probably about four or five times since then. So uh, probably Indigo Girls. And then who's my third? Gosh, I don't know, really. I don't know, Simon. Let me have a look at my... You have to name someone. Okay, Let you, you you tell me your top three and I'll look at my Spotify account. Oh gosh, my top three? I have a music person in the house, so I'm just going to go with the ones that we've gone to the most concerts with because i <laughs> really bad at music. We've gone to many, many, many Pearl Jam concerts in many, many different countries. So I guess Pearl Jam would have to be up there. I think my second artist would have to be Taylor Swift. And then... I, I've been listening a lot to Pink, and I recently watched a documentary by Pink that was leading up to her Wembley concert, and gosh, I really admire her, and how can she sing while spinning in the air? Mm. Oh, she's absolutely incredible to see live, absolutely incredible. Yeah. I have never seen her live, but ever, after watching this documentary and everything, I definitely want to see her live, and I actually, you know, recently Googled it, like, Pink touring right now because some concerts um like pearl jam is back on tour soon mm. but sadly she's not near a tour is not near me but i definitely want to see her and i just really admire her, and i love her spirit so i'm gonna have to say pearl jam taylor swift and pink even though this question wasn't for me but okay and we're still trying to um, kill time, so Claire can come up with something. <laughs> Do you know, no, no, I, I, I hate saying particular people because I just love so many people, but I don't know. Um, let's say it's going to have to be someone big, right? Because I love people like Janelle Monet or I love old school hip hop. I love Nirvana, Florence. I'm, I'm going to say maybe early era Madonna, late era Kylie. But Madonna, if push came to shove. It's gonna be big, right? Oh, you're going Madonna, huh? Mm. I saw her um, at Hyde Park a few years ago, and I saw Florence at the O2, which I believe is right down the street from you. It is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we were friends at the time. Otherwise, I would have told you. Yeah. This was early on in my time in UK. Okay. So, yeah, sad. But maybe were you there? That would be funny if you're at the concert. I wasn't. No. Missed out. Good mm. concert. Okay. She hops a lot on heels, and I was very worried because I am that old lady who wants to move the Isle And I'm like, she's going to fall down and break an ankle. How is she doing this? You really need to move to the Isle of Wight, you know. Anyway, um, so. <laughs> so got a question from Rhiannon who says, um, I really enjoy the podcast. She loves our clear, honest advice about um, what to consider before going full time. And she has a similar question about the writing life. It's about finding and paying editors. She recently got her first quote from a freelance editor, but it was more than she'd bargained for. So it was a lot more she can, than she could afford. So could we say how we found our editors and how much we paid them? I think it would be really helpful to listeners to understand the market and make realistic budgets. Oh, this is always, this 
tough one because um, I've gone through like different editing stages where in the very beginning um, I had more editors working on stuff because I had the developmental and everything and now I now fellow authors will read my early work and so we kind of do that for each other to kind of help with the bills. Honestly the way I went around for my first editor is I went um, and looked at like some of the popular indie authors not in the sapphic world just popular indie authors and started contacting their editors and asking around and it was pricey I won't lie it's hard to find it's such a difficult task because like gosh I can't imagine being in it I don't know why I keep saying gosh probably because I just really want to live on the Isle of Wight so uh, <laughs> I'm just really embracing <laughs> this whole thing it's it's difficult task I can't imagine being an editor because there's so much you have to do but it is hard finding one that is not as expensive especially for your first go because there's going to be more work than normal because you haven't learned as much yeah uh, I totally agree I, I, I think it's uh, finding an editor finding one that you get on with um, and finding one that's affordable is an ongoing thing right um, it, you're not going to just find one and then that'll be it yay no TB and I have both gone through quite a few different editors and we've done a whole episode on this um, so we're going to put that in the show notes and um, you can go back and listen to that because that goes into it at, at length um, but basically um, I echo what TB says um, have a look at the books that you like and contact have a look um, who did them who who edited them and then contact those people and see if they can fit you in and see how much they charge um, also what type of editor you're after are you after developmental copy editing proof proofreading that all that all impacts on the price and the time it takes and for them and for you um, but I would would urge you to get an editor especially when you're starting out because you do learn a lot from them uh, and you'll take that forward and it'll make you a better writer um, resources have a look at the Lesfic Mart Marketing Alliance on Facebook and ask there somebody might um, be able to help you out have a look at I Read Indies uh, if you're an independent author they might be able to put you in touch with some people and I would just say as a ballpark for me um, it used to be cheaper when I first started I had quite a cheap and good editor um, unfortunately she died um, so then I had to um, shop around for an, another editor I think I'm on like my fourth or fifth editor at the moment so but I, I guess at the moment then I probably pay roughly around a thousand dollars a book on editing and proofing roughly it is a thing that we're always always struggling with because um, like Claire said earlier like you really well you need a really good editor especially for the first book not just because it's your first book, but you learn so much. I learned more going through the editing process than I did during college. You're paying for an education and it's very valuable, but it's also, it can be expensive. And if you haven't budgeted for that level, um, yeah, shop around, uh, ask authors in your genre who they suggest, like you can go into Facebook groups and um, the resources Claire mentioned as well would be a good starting point. But it's, man, it's the thing we always are struggling with, finding good editors, good narrators, good cover artists. It's it's ongoing because people's schedules get busy or life changes and the life of a writer, don't you love it? <laughs> All right, the next question is for me. It's from Simon. Simon wants to know how much of the UK I visited when I lived there. Not enough, Simon. I wish I had explored more. Um, I did... The one thing I really love about uh, the UK is the train system. You can get pretty much anywhere 
on train and that's brilliant because that is not the case in the u.s so uh we really enjoyed that um you know we did the scotland we did the midlands um in some of the uh, seaside towns, but I would have loved to have just been able to spend like three years just exploring outside of London. Uh, it's one of those things when you do move, you have a lot of ambition and then you get settled into your job and then uh, life and you can't do as much as you want, but it's a beautiful country and I want to go back and live there on the Isle of Wight. I was going to say, yeah, not, not on the mainland though, on the Isle of Wight with all the little old ladies. TB's dream. Oh my god! <laughs> Eat custard. It could have been an eight forty-five. <laughs> this, is, this is my life goal, people. <laughs> All right. Next question. Um, Jessica asks. She just wants to know which type of books we get the most profit margin from. Is it eBooks, audiobooks, or hard copies? Um, she wants to support us in the best way she can, um, and she's heard that Amazon are cheap with their royalties. It's very nice for you to. Uh, think about this and it's a question we get asked quite a lot actually but we always say I think I'm, I'm speaking for TB in this one as well buy it however and wherever is best for you um, we make a profit on all all different formats um, and it does depend on how much you put your book up for basically so um, you'll get a set price for every time someone reads it in KU and it depends what your um, book is priced for for sale so I make probably about three times more if someone buys my book as an ebook or a print book than I do if they read it in KU. But I don't mind how you read it, it's, it's up to the best way that it is for you. Audiobooks, I don't make quite as much money on, but again, that depends what deal, deal you're on and who you distribute with. So these questions will change for every single author. So I would still say, whatever's best for you. One thing I've been noticing now that my books are available in, in uh, ebook, paperback and audio, certain books, uh, take off in different formats and you can never predict what it's going to be like I've had certain uh, ebooks that were you know moderately successful but then the ebook went I mean <laughs> wow <laughs> the audiobook like went through the roof so I never know what format is going to take off I mean obviously the paperbacks no matter what are they're my smaller chunk but they're growing so yeah I always tell people and I do get asked this a lot and it's a very lovely question and I appreciate people thinking of this but honestly what format you prefer helps us everything helps us so choose your comfort level and go for it all right we have a question from kim who wants to know do you write long and then cut out the fluff during revisions or do you write short and need to bulk up the parts that are too lean from all the writing advice out there to cut the first three chapters or cut 10 percent, it seems like writing long is more common but i write short and that's horrible advice for me so do you have advice for kim Claire right now is stretching because she has that hip injury she's trying to recover from. <laughs> Doing my lunges. Um, I think, Kim, that again, this changes as you go through your career. So my first book, I cut out 20,000 words. And the second book, I think I did, like, you know, I used to write really long, basically. As I've gone through my career now, um, I write probably about to where I need to go. So I think the first draft in this book that I'm just finishing, uh, just getting to the editor, was about 73,000 words. And it's and it's come out um, fairly similar. But I did take things away and I added. So, so I, I think it changes uh, for me anyway. Um, I used to write long. Now I write fairly to what I need to be, but I will always take things away and I will always add things. So, um, yeah, I usually write short. 
I and I have to beef it up quite a bit. Except there was one project that I started out with. I think it was Heart of Ice, <laughs> and uh, that was the one. I think didn't I write like thirty thousand words, and then um, it was all backstory, and mm. I had to slice thirty thousand words. Yeah. So um, I I've done it both ways, but usually for me, I'm more of a short writer. My first drafts are like a really detailed outline. When I compare like the first draft to like the final draft, I'm like, wow, there's like an additional fifty thousand words. <laughs> but it is. I just like have to get the the details out kind of in the right order, and then take a look at it, and then figure out where to flesh it out and everything. Or if I have to rearrange the scenes, like, oh, this would be more powerful here or something like that. So, but I think everyone has their own sweet spot, and it will change during your career. Because now that I said that, I'm sure on my Pride novella, I'm going to bash out 30,000 of backstory. Yeah. I've just cursed myself. Definitely. All right. Do you have another question or is it time no. for my next one? All yours now. All me. Woo-hoo. This one is from Kelly. Which Spice Girl do you most want to be and why? And which one would you date if you could? Now, I have a full confession. I have heard of the Spice Girls, but I know absolutely nothing about the Spice Girls. I'm kind of out on this one. Which Spice Girl would I be is quite easy. Um, I think I would be Mel C because she was Sporty Spice. I don't look that good in a tracksuit. In fact, I don't wear own a tracksuit, but I'm just going purely on. She's got the best voice, so I'm going on that. And she's had the most successful solo career post Spice Girls, so I'm going with that. Uh, I'm learning. Yeah. Who would I date? out of the Spice Girls, I think it would have to be, I, I'm going with gut reaction and it would have to be baby, Emma Bunton. Now, I have a question on that. Who is the nicest one? Because I have this new thing where I just want to surround myself by nice people. So who's the nice Spice Girl? We've got Mel C, Mel B, Jerry, Baby and Posh. Well, this is purely what I think. I think that probably the two nicest were Mel C and Baby. I never were a Posh fan. Jerry, she was a bit too, dress sense was a bit too loud and she was a bit too gobby. Same for Mel B. So I think Mel C and Baby were my, always my two favourites. But to just choose one, probably probably Baby. So probably Emma Bunton. Okay. Yeah. I'm only going nice. I'm surrounding my, myself by nice people. Okay. I hope, Kelly, that answers your question. And I'm going to have to go with, uh, was it Baby Spice? Even though that sounds kind of creepy to say that I would date Baby Spice. <laughs> No, she, was she, she of age when she, she was singing? She is a fully grown lady, don't worry. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> Emma Bunton. Um, she she seems she seems like a laugh too, and she seems nice, and she's Her, cute. Those are my criteria. Yeah. So. Does she like to go to bed at eight forty-five? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to ask her, TV. And also, um, I would say, great question. I thought I, I I had a chuckle when I saw this. I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to say much, but this is right up Claire's alley. Mm. So yeah. Mm. Yes, great question. All right, we have one final question from Richard, who asked an interesting question. Would you ever consider product placement in your books? I have never noticed it in your work, but with some authors, it becomes obvious when a brand, usually a makeup, beer, or a soft drink, is repeatedly mentioned in their work. It sticks out. I don't mind it. It all helps to provide an income and helps author to produce their work, but it should be acknowledged so the reader is aware. Mm. That's a really interesting question, um, and I, I think my initial reaction to it is, um, yes, I would be open to it, but I suppose in the same way I'd be open to being an affiliate for 
for a, any sort of a brand or company, but as long as I used it and liked it. So for instance, if Heineken wants to come and sponsor any one of my books, because I mention them quite a lot in my, my characters always drink Heineken or Peroni generally, uh, because they're my two favourite beers. So if anybody, if Heineken or Peroni would like to come along and sponsor any one of my romances, feel free, Heineken and Peroni people. They're listening. Everyone's listening. I know. Us. Yes, everyone. But yeah, like coffee brands or something like that. That would be. And you know, I've long thought that, you know, like the whole thing when ebooks came out, people thought they were going to be a lot more interactive than they are. Um, you know, they they thought that you'd be able to click on them and then you know an ad would come up or a, or a something would come up. You'd you'd be able to have video in in the book. And I'm sure maybe that is. I, I think there's a version of ebooks that that have that capability. But generally, people aren't really interested in that. Um, they just want to read a book. So, but if it became more commonplace, I wouldn't be averse to it. But I don't want it taken away from the reader experience. So I suppose, like, maybe if you could have like a, a like an e voucher or something for fifty p off a case of Heineken, then that would be all right. But if they wanted to then play a, a video and watch, take away from the book, then I wouldn't be as happy about it. I have never considered this, and I didn't know it was a thing. I felt kind of silly when I read it. I was like, oh, that should have been obvious. <laughs> but I never, it never dawned on me that um, this would be a thing. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I would have to see how it's done and how, if it does detract, if you're like just trying to cram a Heineken, like into your shower sex scene. <laughs> Is that what you're going to do? Yeah. I would have to see how it's done and stuff. But uh, I mean, obviously we are business people. I mean, we're creatives, but we also have to support ourselves. So uh, I'm curious, curious how it would go, hmm. but uh, no one's asked me. Yeah. But I'm I'm really cheering for Claire to ink her six figure deal with Heineken. Yes, me too. Don't settle for less than six figures. <laughs> I think they'd definitely be up for Don't that. Don't sell yourself short. You're no. worth it. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, TV. Oh, you're worth it too. Look at us being nice to each other. Oh. I'm going to send you a uh, postcard from the Isle of Wight. Should I ever go there again, or I might just send you—I might just send you the a link to go and have a look at it because it is really lovely. Do you know, I was going to go and do like an Isle of Wight walk because it's not very—it's not very big. So you—and do you know what else they have there as well, which is really cute. So when you get there, there's like a little train that goes around the island, um, and it's an old—it's an old London tube train, but it's above ground. So it's an old London tube train that they've taken back then, and then it just sort of chugs around to an, everywhere's like on the coast, more or less. So, and they're all little seaside towns that are touristy for old people. <laughs> I think I've fallen in love. I think I should move there and start writing like cozy mysteries. Cause like, if you think of like a place like that, that would be a perfect setting for a cozy mystery series. It would. And then I could go to bed at 8.45. Yep, all of the above. And eat custard. Yeah. This is this has been the best podcast episode we've ever done <laughs> ever. I've figured out my life. <laughs> you could go over there and start a start a lesbian bar. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to start a bar for everyone. Everyone can come. Okay. Everyone's welcome as long as you're nice. I was just thinking that a bar wouldn't be no good for you because you'd have to be up later than eight forty-five. So it would be a cafe, right? Well, if we all go to bed at eight forty-five, I don't. I'm not opposed to starting a drinking at two in the afternoon. Okay. You will be retired, so that's all right, isn't it? Well, I'll be writing my cozy mystery series sets. I have no ambition to do, but I'm now I, I feel like I have to do a career choice to make this whole island thing work. Yeah. Didn't Jessica Fletcher... No, she didn't live on an island, did she? 
Where she, am I getting this from? <laughs> no, she lived, uh, I think it was Torquay, because we went to Torquay. It was all based around there. So, because my wife was very excited when we went there last year, because uh, she was like, this is where she's from, and this looks really like Cabot Cove. And I was like, well, it's based on here. Oh, Cabot Cove. That's where I got it from. Cabot yeah. Cove. Yes. All right. Let's wrap this up. Um, thank you very much for all your questions. I enjoyed that. Um, and uh, yeah, do keep sending them in. We um, we always will store them up for the next Ask Us Anything. Get in touch on the website, lesbianswhowrite.com. Email us, lesbianswhowrite at gmail.com. Facebook us, Twitter us at lesbianswhowrite. And Instagram me and join us. Oh, and we've got a, we've got a notice because uh, I'm going away and uh, we can't record. So we're going to have two weeks off, everyone. So we're not going to be here for the next two weeks. We hope you will bear with us. We'll be back, um, well, after that. Yeah, I don't remember the date. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the math. <laughs> so well, we will be back. <laughs> but it might be that we have, mm, don't know, two, three weeks off? Three weeks at most. Well, it depends on how much you drink. Yeah, yeah. No. How much um, recovery time you're going to need on the way on the uh, when you get home? Yes, no. But when we get home, uh, we have to record. So I think it might be three weeks in all. But I, don't quote me. Two or three weeks, we'll be back. Don't worry, everyone. Just a short break. We like to keep you know the mystery alive. Yeah, yeah. All right. In the meantime, don't do anything we wouldn't do, and keep writing. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Lesbians Who Write. Follow us on Twitter at Les Who Write or show us some love on our website by leaving us a comment or buying us a coffee. And sign up to our newsletter while you're there to never miss another episode. Head over to lesbianswhowrite.com. Also, if you could take a moment to leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast, it would help more listeners to discover us. Thanks so much and see you next time.